Welcome to the Asylum. And now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. Playoffs are rolling on. Welcome to the Asylum Fantasy Sports Show here on the Arena Sports Network. That's right. We are Flieger and Briggs. Welcome into the Asylum. And tonight's show is brought to you by Butcher Box. Get 100% grass-fed beef, organic chicken, and heritage-bred pork delivered to your door each month for less than $6.50 per meal. Visit arenasportsnet.com and click on the Butcher Box logo and start your monthly order today. Also, brought to you tonight, Cleaver Supplements. Pure supplements for when genetics, Rick, when genetics are not enough. Oh, I know a thing or two about that. Visit cleaversupplements.com for more information. And if you click on the Cleaver Supplements logo on the Arena Sports Network site, there's a discounting waiting just for you and Buddy, you need it. I need it bad. Maybe a double dose. So, Cleaver, if you're listening, maybe ship one off to Studio B. If you don't mind, I'll try to fix those genetics. Double potency, too. I need it. I need it. Well, rolling on here, Rick, we are headed to what for most folks will be the conference championship games, do or die. I know you're out of the uh, the League of Conference. Just lamenting before we come on air, my lame, decrepit running back, Matt Forte, decided to get hurt against the worst team in the league. (laughs) And Belil Powell gets plenty of points that would have gotten me a victory. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the breaks. That's what you do. Unfortunately. You you back into the playoffs, you fight valiantly in the first round, and then you go home. It's kind of nice. I like some... Some sameness, some tradition in a league, and that's the tradition in the Caveman League. Yep, and you fail abysmally. I every win. year, till about every five years, yeah. you truck everybody yeah. in the playoffs, and that's uh, what I do. Win a championship. If but I other can't than that, win, we a, don't even look at you. If I can't win a title, I'm not playing. It's right. simple as that. So I took this year off. Probably another two or three off if history tells us anything. And then I'll go out and I'll outscore everybody by 120 and I'll win another title. And then I'll take another five. I always know when you're going to be dangerous. How's that? Because any other time I sweep you during the regular season. (laughs) And then when you beat me, look out. It's on. It's just over. Well, that's good. It, it's terrible. So I'm ready. So congratulations to those remaining in the caveman. And for those of you folks, as even though Richard is eliminated and I didn't even show up, lots of folks still alive in their fantasy playoffs. But before we get to fantasy football, Rick, I think we've got to talk about Jeff Fisher being fired, unceremoniously fired, just days after the announcement of that two-year extension. Now I come to understand that that extension was made back in the spring but ironic timing with all the Eric Dickerson stuff, the announcement of the... Well, why would you announce it so late? See, this is what's weird about it. Why they didn't announce it to begin with. I don't with. buy that. It, I, I think that's a smokescreen. Really? I, I really do. I don't, I don't think that you sign your coach to guaranteed millions in the spring. Oh, yeah, and, Fisher still gets the last lap. Right. And then after you're four and eight, decide, hey, we better tell everybody that, <laughs> that Jeff's going to be here for a while, that we signed him. Makes no sense. I think it's a total smokescreen why they waited, I mean, or why they gave him an extension so late and then fired him a week later is beyond me. See, that's why I can't believe I have no understanding. I can't even come up with a theory why they didn't announce it. But I tend to believe it was in the spring for that reason. My take on it was they had all the pressure coming. I think this all came down to Eric Dickerson, right? And 
he's making all that noise, and so then they say, we're going to go out, we're going to show a sign of strength behind Coach Fisher and announce that this deal's been done to tell Dickerson to zip it. He's not going anywhere. And then he goes out, and he's down 42 points <laughs> to freaking Atlanta before the fourth quarter begins. Without Julio it feels Jones like without, and Muhammad yeah, <laughs> yeah, so then you say, all right, well, maybe we backed the wrong horse here. Hey, Eric, hold on, hold on, we're coming. And you fire Jeff Fisher. Yeah, I don't have any idea. And we'll probably never really know. But, you know, going back to that scenario, I will still back Jeff Fisher on the sideline part of it um, just simply because he's the head coach. That's the team. He's employed by the Rams. Eric, yeah, thanks for what you did. You know, we, yeah. y- you're a hero. You didn't see you running around in St. Louis anytime. Right, you exactly. Know, now all of a sudden you want to stroll around and talk crap. Yeah. about the coach and talk to players. No, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'll go along with Jeff Fisher on that every yeah. day of the week, well, uh, no matter if they were 0-13. Yeah, and I think at the end of the day, he is a good – he's a mediocre. You know what he is? He's a Bill Cowher. You know, Bill Cowher is this way. He just happened to dummy into one right at the end of his career. But he won a lot of football games. I don't think he was given a ton to work with in, in L.A. or in St. Louis, for that matter. It doesn't seem – what's striking to me and what the lasting – Impression or draft picks. You're right. You're right. I mean, he's been there what six, seven years now. Yeah, yeah. Or was it? It was 2000. It's been a good long time. 2010 or 11. Yeah, in so. Tennessee or no, 2009 when they had, were what 13 and three or something like I that. So, then he had yeah. a couple crummy seasons and then he was gone. Right. Now, he's had to have been there at least what five years. Yeah. Yeah. It seems that way. And, and they should have built a better team. Yes. But but the lasting impression for me is going to be when Todd Gurley says, and you wonder, you know, was this the final nail in the? I don't think just that performance. I think that's a performance. While I'll argue that he's still a pretty good coach, that's a performance you have to get fired coming out of. Right. You're at home playing a team. They look a team that's better than you, though not a team that's forty two point and you go out and lay that egg, I think you have to be fired. But when Todd Gurley comes out after that game and says we're running a middle school offense, that that is damning somebody right there. That is a final nail in the coffin from a star player. And it's just, it's just amazing to me. And they they've always struggled his teams have always struggled offensively. But the cult excuse me, to call something a middle school offense is is just wow. That that was a wow to me. Oh, I mean, I look, he's – I mean, you know, you said he's he's a good coach. I mean, I think he's a – probably a good – I don't know even how to put it. You know, a, a good mentor for players maybe. Right. Some, you know, young men. Oh, he's been around the block but, more than once. But he's um, – his coaching record is 173 and 165. It's a winning record. You it's can always a winning say that. Record. You don't got to give the numbers. Hey, I got a winning record coaching right. in the league. <laughs> right. Most guys that get fired can't boast that, right? Yeah, he's been at the Rams since 2012. Seven and eight, or seven, eight and one, seven and nine, six and ten, seven and nine, and they're four and nine right now. Yeah, they're bad. We're really, really, That's really average. Really bad. Yeah, it's just it's no good. So no. now Tennessee he had a nice record. There, there's no question. He had he had a few stinker years, but you know, feel to me like he's a guy that didn't evolve with the game. Because you can't tell me he's doing anything differently than he did in Tennessee. But when he coached and he was winning in Tennessee, I know. Think about it. It's though. A lot of Eddie George. It was it was a Steve different McNair. game. Steve McNair. 
Right. And, and look at the the rummies they got at quarterback there. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Right. I mean, right. Sam Bradford was probably the, the highlight of his quarterbacks. Yeah, that's not a highlight you want to have. No. I mean, Jared Goff, you know, obviously, I guess the kid isn't ready. Doesn't seem like it. Um, I don't know. Casey Case, I'm sure, wasn't the answer. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's he'd rather spin records somewhere. Yeah, so. well, as he should. Yeah. He's locked in the basement by his new <laughs> wife or so. Remember that whole weird Oh, deal? yeah, I remember doing that on the uh, – what was it? Oh, point blank. Yeah, show. The, yeah, the failed point blank effort we had. So anyhow, move, moving on from this, this has this nothing to show. do. What? Well, well, I mean, it's kind of like Star Trek, the original Star Trek. It was like a failure. Yeah. In the '60s, but I mean, it, you know, you look. Back, I'm sure everybody's listening to Point Blank. It's it's an iconic well, it achievement. Should it should be saved on your desktop, and you can pull it up anytime you feel down. So, do you put any credence, Rick, into Jim Harbaugh or Pete Carroll? <laughs> any I of believe these uh, high-profile coaches going. I believe to LA? Jim Harbaugh's already already put his foot down about that. <laughs> Did you hear that crazy nonsense? What was it? It was a. Uh, Put out by their enemies, or so. it was real dramatic the way he worded it. Oh, he's a wacko, anyway. yeah. He, he's a nut job, but he wins football games. Oh yeah, so. and yes, like, he he's does. not going to stay in Michigan more than four or five years. Are you really going to go to L.A. with no quarterback? I, I don't see it happen. No, but, I mean I can see you know actually L.A. would have been you know a greater possibility than ever going to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. But nah, he hasn't been at Michigan long enough. I think he wants. That national title at Michigan. Yeah, he's got to beat Ohio State yet. He's got to win that national title, and then he'll move on and he'll come back to the to the NFL. You know, Pete Carroll. I'm sorry, he's not leaving Seattle. You, know, no. you talk about oh, he wants to roam the sideline of the Coliseum again. Well, no, they're gone by. Then why do you care? Number one and number two, the Coliseum isn't going to be there right. in a year and a half. So I don't understand that one. I think you could get a McDaniel. I know they want a high-profile coach because this is L.A. And look, look, if you need it as bad as the Rams are playing, and I grant you, I wouldn't pay to go watch that team play. For a team that's supposedly a city that was supposedly clamoring for an NFL team, as bad as they are to have less than half capacity at a home game there last week. That just tells me where the NFL was completely wrong. That although in the L.A. is the number two television market in the country, it's not the number two sports market in the country. The, this television market. Especially is, in football. Yeah, it's just they prefer their college football. And let's be honest, it's L.A. There's a lot of other crap to do. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing to me. There's just, it's, it's, I don't get it. I don't understand why they're insisting. Now they're going to put a second team there, and I promise you, Rick, they're not going to be selling out that building. No, Even they're, not, they're not going to last long there, I'm telling you. They already lost the Rams. Right. They lost the Raiders. I mean, it's not a football mecca. I'm no. sorry. And the team stinks. Yeah, stinks being the operative word, Rick. <laughs> All right, let's move on here. More of fantasy football concern. Ryan Tannehill had the MRI. Turns out it's simply a sprained ACL and MCL. They say he's going to be evaluated week to week. Most experts seem to think, Rick, if you could pull it together, if you don't mind, they still seem to think that he's going to be out for the year, but probably good news that it wasn't an ACL tear. Anyhow. MRIs stink. Yeah, (laughs) everything stinks. Think anybody knows what we're doing here, Rick? Got a bit going. I know, but uh, you got to yeah. pull it together. You're out of control tonight. <laughs> yeah, wonder why. 
All right, yeah. What does the injured? What does Matt Moore starting for the Dolphins? I, I think don't think. I don't think it really sets them back <laughs> just, all that much. That's quite my frankly. thought. I had it in the takeaways, but we'll talk about it here. I don't think much changes. I really don't. You still Ajayi Tannehill's very very what average. Ajayi Ajayi. They still have Ajayi. I mean, you know, they they turn back the fury. I mean, boy, I tell you, you talk about calling it. You know. Miami goes up, Arizona makes that furious comeback, but in the end, who won? Get the field goal, Matt Moore wins. That's you know? right. And it's the defense that lets Arizona down, which is probably the surprise to me. Well, it's the special teams that lets Arizona well, yeah. down. That's did, what did, turns it Did down. you hear Bruce Arians complaining that it only seemed to rain when his offense had the ball? Yeah, did no, you hear Bruce, that? it only seems <laughs> to rain on you when your special teams try to make a play. <laughs> And fails abysmally. Somehow Miami was controlling the weather there. Bigger news for me, Rick, Aaron Rodgers dealing with a calf injury. He's going to be limited in practice all week. Not expected to miss he any games. He was dealing with a hamstring this past week, remember? Yeah. How I'm many, not worried about Aaron How many Rogers? of these can you pile on? He was limping around pretty bad. No, uh, he, just, he came out of the game, but they were also up by about 87 points, so I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not worried so much about Aaron Rodgers. I think he'll be fine. Unless – you know, if they do something, they find there's a, the, the muscles torn or something. But other than that, I, I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers. See, when we say that, and you say, well, he played, he's playing through that hamstring, and he was limping around pretty bad on it, but he's a gamer, and it didn't affect him. Now that calf, at some point, a big part of Aaron Rodgers' game, I think an underrated part of his game is his mobility. You have to wonder, does this catch up with him at some point? I, I'm a little nervous. Well, Not terribly nervous, but I'm a little nervous about it. Of course you can it. catch up to him because, look, they're in a do-or-die situation every single week. And, you know, they can't afford to lose a game, period. I mean, you know, you talk about catching Detroit. Well, you still have Minnesota with the same record to contend with. They're still behind Tampa Bay in records. They're still behind New York Giants in records as far as wild cards go. Right. They have no chance – if they lose another game. No, no, so, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it is a concern. Yeah, and I, I think you have Obviously. to be worried about it. Then you look at the team they're trying to catch, though, as only could happen in Detroit on a seemingly innocuous play. Matt Stafford dislocates the middle finger on his throwing hand. He's going to wear the glove. He's going to try to play through it. But I'll tell you what, things aren't setting up well for your Lions, buddy. It's not looking good. No, and I mean, you know, it's it's Detroit. Yeah, you know. I mean, I wish we had Dennis Farrell on this week, you know, to discuss the things going wrong with, with Detroit. You know, we had Darren, Dennis Farrell on last week, but Rick forgot the post. They him. heard it on the arena. Well, sports I know network. that, but I mean, yeah, there's people that you know. I like <laughs> to just kind of spread it along. But, I'll get know. it. I'll get it. I'm a busy man, Rick. I'm keeping the American economy running strong. <laughs> yeah, you are welcome. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> So, look, I think that's a big deal, right? Because as of right now, they're only one fourth quarter touchdown better than anyone they play, right? (laughs) Anyone they play, they're one late fourth quarter touchdown better than them each and every week. If Stafford's at all limited, they're in trouble. They have absolutely zero running game. The defense is better than I expected, but it's not a defense that's going to go in and dominate and allow this team to win a lot of games 13-6, to specifically against a healthy Aaron Rodgers if he is in the Green Bay Packers. This is a serious concern. There's folks in their fantasy playoffs and rolling because of Matt Stafford. Golden Tate's been that last piece for a lot of teams on playoff runs. I'm worried about anything and anyone revolving around this Detroit Lions team. Oh, there's no question about that. I mean, Detroit is nine and four. 
They're at the Meadowlands this week to play the Giants. Who's right. Oh, by the way, nine and four. And I'm going to pull it up there. Just give me one second here. Then they go to Dallas, and then the last game of the year. Oh, by the way, it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. That's easily 0-3, yeah, pal. Yeah, that's trouble. <laughs> You're lucky. And actually, I think you do well with a healthy Matt Stafford to get out of that stretch 1-2. and two, Yeah, right? I Because at, so. at best, you're going to get a split two road games against two top teams in the NFC East. Are you getting the – are you getting the – the vibe of the Giants? No. None? I love what the defense did they, last uh, they week. They win this week. Say they beat Detroit at home. They're ten and four. They're almost guaranteed to playoffs. Oh yeah, yeah. They're going to the playoffs. That's what I'm talking about. Because they get to the playoffs, there's something about the Giants. You're right. That is scary. And and I guarantee you that you know Seattle included. They probably don't want to play a Giants. Well, no, you don't want to. Where I don't get the feeling for this team, like you did on the what was it, oh four and oh seven teams or whatever they were that won those Super Bowls is. The, you know, the number one thing those things teams had going for was really good defense. And the Giants seem to all of a sudden have that. You know, throw the Pittsburgh game out, right. I guess. If you can throw that one out, they seem to have that. But Eli, man, I feel like right now, even last Sunday night, they're winning in spite of Eli Manning. It worked in con, in you know they it worked together in those Super Bowl runs and those Giants teams that were really good several years ago, where the defense was playing exceptionally well and Eli Manning would go out and get the job done. It feels to me even last week they're doing this in spite of Eli, who's still making horrible, horrible mistakes. I agree a hundred percent. They're twenty seventh in the league overall. Um, offensively, their run game is pathetic. Now, the defense is eighth against run. That's what's keeping the, right. this team in. And, you know, they're 23rd defense against a pass, but they're still only giving up 256 yards in a passing league. Yeah, that doesn't kill you no. if, if you're not giving up the big plays and the big touchdowns. But it's the offense. If they tend to get Rashad Jennings or whoever they decide to, or maybe Shane Breen starts picking it up a little bit and they have a more explosive um, run game and Eli just quits making, you know, Rick Flieger type decisions yeah. out there. <laughs> what, what's this that supposed this to team, but you've never played in the NFL. That's the whole point. Or well, whatever, rookie. I wouldn't have been very good. No. But, I mean, no, this team, I think, has potential. It is, if you're playing defense. You wonder if they can take it on the road. I'm also struck by you go into Pittsburgh and basically get thoroughly dominated. Eli played horrifically. They played a fair brand of defense. Actually, you go into Pittsburgh and hold that team at home to, what was it, 24-27, whatever Pittsburgh ended up with, you should probably win that game. But That was a thorough beatdown. So you just wonder, as a wild card team, because it's very, very unlikely they're going to catch Pat catching past Dallas, can they take that show on the road and win three games? That's where I have serious, serious doubts, especially with the way Eli and that offense is playing. Yeah, we will find out. I mean, I just know uh, there's just something hinky about the Giants oh, when yeah. they're in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, when they show up as a five or six seed, you pay attention. You don't want them coming to your building no. in January. I promise you that. All right, you already brought up Forte. Won't spend a lot of time. This one's devastating, and I, I can I could hear Dean screaming from all the oh. way from Connecticut as Melvin Gordon day to day with knee and hip issues. 
but all indications are he will be out this week. Yeah. Those are two pretty important parts for a, for a running back in this league. Yeah, yeah, Dina, sorry about that. You can't call those, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon, pretty significant injury, I think, and that that's scary when you're going into your – playoff run to try to win a fantasy Super Bowl, which I know Dean has relied on Melvin Gordon. Yeah, yeah, that's a big part, so keep an eye on that. Darren Sproles in the concussion protocol protocol for our English-speaking listeners after just being blowed up on that punt return. He just got whacked. Hasn't practiced yet this week. Normally, if they're not practicing by now, they're not going to clear that protocol. And I wish he would play because as a Steeler homer, they're uh, heading up to Baltimore this week trying to eliminate those Ravens for us. That would be wonderful. But I don't think it's going to happen. Julio Jones still not practicing with that toe. It doesn't look good, Rick. I was actually surprised he ended up being a scratch on Sunday. That stunned me a lot of talk. He'd be back in practice Wednesday. Still hasn't come back. This turf toe is one of those weird, hinky injuries. You know what I mean? Don't like it. Anywhere from they can play that week to being out four and five weeks, and you don't know what it is. It's just how these guys feel on a day-to-day basis. Bad, bad news for Julio owners. Yeah, no doubt about that. And, uh... You know, if anybody has any, uh, you know, doubts about a toe injury, I, I knew a guy, he actually cut his big toe off with, uh, you know, it's called a flymo. I don't know if you ever saw one of those. It's uh, What's a flymo? Well, it's, it's, a lo- it's a mower. Okay. And, and it spins the blade around. Of course, they have um, weed eater string now underneath the deck. Oh, are those those big gang-looking no, push uh-uh. mowers? No, that, uh-uh. oh. no, 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 no. But instead of wheels... The deck is plastic, and when the blade spins around, it kind of floats on a cushion of air along the ground. It's for, like, mowing banks and so forth. Okay, I've never seen one of these. Sounds cool. They don't have them anymore with the blades because of safety things. Well, he slipped down the bank. You know, whacked his big toe up. Hey, this guy was stumbling all over the place oh, for a yeah. while until he learned to walk without his big toe. Yeah, it's all that's yeah. big ba- big balance going on there. So, so not good for that guy and doesn't look good for Julio Jones owners either. Alshon Jeffrey, Rick, returning this week from that PED suspension. I pulled a little mailbag for tonight. I don't know if we'll end up getting back to it, but it seemed like every single question involved Alshon Jeffrey. What do you do? <laughs> Simple as that. What do you do, Rick? One thing, um, I was talking to um, our old buddy, Weird. Well, my old buddy, but, you know, from oh, the I show, like Weird. Weird. He was asking about Elshon Jeffrey coming back for this coming week. You know, and I said, I'll be honest with you. You're going to have to make the decision yourself. But bear in mind, the, the there hasn't been reps with Elshon Jeffrey and Matt Barkley. Right, none. Probably None. absolutely zero. Right. Cameron Meredith, yeah. Yeah. You who know, had a nice week seasons. last week. Exactly. So, to think that Elshon Jeffrey is going to make this huge impact, I'm not guaranteeing it. I mean, obviously, he improves that offense. Right. I don't know. Now, I, there's the obvious argument against him, and I tend to lean that way. But I want to. You're going to sit him? That's the whole right. thing. I want to throw this out there, Rick. The fact, the knock on Alshon up until this suspension, and for the last two, three seasons, is he's never 100% healthy, right? He's had four weeks off now. This is as healthy as Alshon Jeffrey's going to be. 
And we know if you have a healthy Alshon right. Jeffrey, we don't know how he's going to work with Barkley, and that that I, that that sticks out in my mind at all times. But he's going to be a hundred percent healthy, and that's significant. And there's a lot of guys I would consider him, especially if I'm still in the playoffs and I'm dealing without a Julio or I've lost a Melvin Gordon, and I'm trying to find points somewhere. Alshon's a guy I would take a risk on this oh, week. Oh, definitely, he's a premier wide receiver. I mean, you want to play the best players in fantasy football because the best players tend to make the big plays. Yeah, so absolutely. obviously, yeah, am I saying, oh, yeah, you know, you need to sit him because of that? No. Right. But to say, I'd okay, be nervous. I'd he's going to come in and get 10 catches for a buck 75 and two touchdowns, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'd be surprised yeah, by that. Right. Too. All right, Rick, let's wrap it up. we only got a couple minutes here. A.J. Green has returned to practice from that hamstring injury. Remains to be seen what his status will be for Sunday versus the Steelers, but certainly good news for fantasy owners there. And finally, I'd hoped we left a little more time for this. Your boy, Michael Floyd, arrested for a yeah. DUI Monday night and, and promptly got himself cut on Wednesday. So what a fall from grace. This guy looked like an emerging star in this league not two seasons ago. Yeah, and, um, you know, of course, we've talked about him on the slant many times and on this show through the season. Where's he been? And You wonder, and, is he a drunk? Is uh, that the problem? Is he like Blake Bortles? I was going to say, maybe he's out there with Blake Bortles. I don't know. Maybe Jacksonville will pick him up and then oh. they'll get to Kevin. I'll tell you what, there's my hookup for 2017 if Jacksonville picks him up. Those two are out there just <laughs> slobbering Rick Briggs-style drunk on the field. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, obviously a drunken Blake Bortles and a sober Allen Robinson isn't working. You know, because one's zigging and one's zagging. Right. Maybe if they're both hammered, they both zig and zag the same direction. Exactly. It's kind of like in the movie Tombstone, you know, the guy talking to Doc Holliday. You know, you're so drunk, you're probably seeing double. He goes, I've got two guns, one for each of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so that could be it. But, yeah, you wonder, and somebody, you know what's funny? And, well, it's not funny. There's nothing funny about DUI. But if he was having a great season, Rick, if he was on pace for 85 catches and 900 to 1,100 yards. Well, we're going to give Michael all yeah. the support that our team can give him, but, you know, too bad. We have J.J. Nelson, pal. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to – you know, we're going to let the police do their investigation. We'll evaluate this in the offseason and take appropriate action. J.J. Nelson goes out and puts up two touchdowns in that game. Looks like the next big thing. And, yeah, you know what? We don't stand for that here in Arizona, and Michael's cut. <laughs> it's, just, it's, it, it's funny what it's not, I guess, but it, it was very striking to me that they cut him so quick. <laughs> Indeed. I, I agree. All right, well, let's leave it at that, Rick. We'll get out of here just a couple of seconds early. Leave us time for more fun and more frivolity a little bit later on. Coming up, game balls, stinky socks, takeaways. I believe Rick has a new game to debut on the show. Too much to get to, but we're going to get to all we can here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. Sounds so foreboding. Welcome back to the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs. Hey, don't forget about the new Arena Sportsnet Podcast Center that opened for business on December 5th and is presented by Wrist Candy Plus. Looking for some great gifts for your friends for Christmas? Then visit Facebook and search Wrist Candy Plus and get your Christmas shopping done 
today. And I apologize for that less than smooth uh, transition. Yeah, out I don't of know what you. happened to everything but it disappeared. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm again juggling and running back and forth as Cletus is at his interpretive dance class once again this week. So, <laughs> How long does this last? Well, I don't know. It's either that or he's in jail, right? I mean, there's only two reasonable explanations. He just sort of disappeared. I know. Yeah, I mean, he said it was interpretive dance, but, uh, you know, we let that go. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you're not allowed to say anything about stuff like that anymore. No. So. Well, let's get into it, Rick. The week that was week one of the playoffs, give everybody a chance to lament, to celebrate, whatever it is. You, and know. you actually got gained a game on me. Yes, uh, I did. You were right, eleven and five. Yeah. I was ten and six. And uh, I'm on a roll here. Congratulations, these games. there, Mister Flager. If you're betting with me on the money line, you're making money. Since uh, surprise, since about Halloween, I've been on a bit of a roll. So yeah. I'm due to I'm due to circle the drain here. Right, what right quick. Let's get into some game balls, Rick. Let's start it. Can we throw out Le'Veon Bell? Can we just all agree he gets the actual game ball? Yeah, he gets the leg ball. 236, three touches, four yeah. for 62 on top of it. Just wow. And it looks like he's going to cost your boy Rex's job in the end of all of this. Yeah, I think uh, I think I'll throw out a game ball to Carlos Hyde. How about 193 yeah. yards rushing and a receiving touchdown on top of that in a losing effort? Yeah, and against the Jets, which if they had any – Anything to hang their hat on from this season, it's been that rush defense. I don't know if they just gave up, if Carlos Hyde's just that good. I don't know what it is, but Colin Kaepernick was bad again. But Hyde, a huge, huge performance. I believe we we recommended him once or twice on the slant. So I, I didn't expect that, I'll be honest with you. Right. But a nice little game. Rick, my game ball is going to be just a bit of a stretch. There are guys with much, much better stat lines in the last week. But it's something that stuck out to me, something I resisted at the beginning of the year, and I was looking real smart for a long time as he was he was beat up and missing time. What I saw from Kenneth Dixon on Monday night, Rick, has me very, very intrigued heading into next season, assuming, of course, that Baltimore would ever be willing to run the ball, which they don't, which they don't they seem don't to be willing to do. apparently like him, no. Because he only had 39 <laughs> rushing yards, but eight catches – Eight catches for another 42 yards and a touchdown. But where this game ball comes from, I don't know how much, if any, of this game you watched, Rick. That's a little past your bedtime, these Monday night games. That cat does not ever, under any circumstance, go down on first contact. No. He looks almost impossible to tackle. So I'm giving him a game ball really just to have an excuse to bring him up. This is a guy I'm going to have my eye on You know, as we start already in January, eliminated from the playoffs. Not even January, mid-December. Looking forward to next year's draft, looking forward to next August. Kenneth Dixon's a guy I got my eyes on. This kid looked impressive in a losing effort Monday night. Yeah, and a well-deserved game ball. And, uh, you know, let's stay positive. Oh, you got another one. Wow, look I, at you. And I'm going to give it, I mean, you know. You can tell it's a Christmas spirit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we can uh, just be all happy and jolly because it is a Christmas season. And, uh, but I'm going to give one, even though I know it's a team in disarray. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Santa's happy with your, yes, with your I'm jolly, sure glad, jolly I am, demeanor today. I am nice. There's no doubt about that. I'm never naughty. But uh, I am going to give a game ball to the Atlanta Falcon defense. Yeah, how about that? And they only gave up 312 total yards, but they had three sacks, two picks, Three fumble recoveries, two <laughs> defensive touchdowns. 
I mean, that is awesome. Yeah, not, probably not a lot of teams, even against the Rams, not a lot of fantasy owners starting that defense right. last week. But if you are, they might have won you a game. <laughs> I saw or read or heard, I don't even remember where I read, saw, or heard this. But on Sunday, the Atlanta Falcons as a team scored six touchdowns in the L.A. Coliseum. Do you know how many the L.A. Rams have scored in the L.A. Coliseum <laughs> all six. season? Five. Five. There we go. Nice. <laughs> and nice. if you wonder why Jeff Fisher had to go, <laughs> that may be why. All right, Rigo, I am done with this positivity. Oh, bah come humbug, on. I tell you. It's time for me to move on. I'm giving out a stinky sock, Rick, and it has got to go to. And I know, because I know somebody personally, we both do, who this man sent home this week. Mr. Drew Brees, 257 pass yards, zippy TDs, three interceptions, giving him a two-week total of zippy TDs, six interceptions. What in the world is going on with your boy, Drew Brees? That I would like to know. Um, because I'll tell you what, the last two weeks, I mean, you know, hey, we called it on the slant. We were talking about look for a bounce back week. And I think every, you know, every other Illuminati, as you like to say, was calling that as well. But uh, I'll tell you what, he was horrid. Just bad. He'd yeah. Look confused, making bad throws. He's got had all his weapons there. I, I don't understand it. I can't wrap my finger on it. I can't remember a time. He'll throw up those clunkers every now and again, which is why I wasn't panicked, and I don't think you were either, about last week. He, he'll do that now and again. Most quarterbacks not named Tom Brady will do that from time to time. But I can't ever remember a time he strung two of these together, and I don't know what the heck to make of it, Rick. And not as bad. I mean, maybe, you know, fantasy-wise, 10 14 yeah. points, something like that. Yeah, not a but one. I mean, under two? Yeah, was it one and a half, somewhere in that range, depending yeah. on your scoring system? You know, that's just one, you know, just ruining people's fantasy season. So you you taking stuff that sock with cabbage and whatever other and that nasty beer you drink and just cram it, then put it in a dryer for about a half an hour. That's the kind of stinky sock Drew Brees deserves this week. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to have to give out a stinky sock. I mean, this is basically for the whole Arizona offense, but I'm going to narrow it down to Larry Fitzgerald. Three catches for 12 yards. That can't happen. I, I, Against Miami, you can't find any separation anywhere where you can get, you know, over four yards of yeah. catch, and there's only three of them. Uh, that's that's just terrible. I don't know if it's Larry Fitzgerald's fault, Carson Palmer's fault, the O.C.'s fault. It's Arizona. I mean, that offense is is not good. It's not clicking. Whatever, but I'm going to give one to Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You hate to do it. He's a good guy. I don't think he's received many stinky socks in his career, but it was bound to happen. I'm going to give one more, Rick. So it seems like you're on the you're on the cheerful side this Christmas I don't know, I season. I just gave a stinky sock, you know, and I seem to be on the oh oh oh. oh I'm sorry, Santa. Merry just relax. Merry Christmas. Yeah. I think even Santa, even the jolly old elf, would agree. <laughs> That this stinky sock has to be given. Maybe he's given coal in the old stocking, perhaps, if you want to take it to that direction. But Des Bryant, Rick, one Ooh, catch, yeah. 10 yards, and a fumble loss on that catch. Brutal for fantasy owners, but it begs the question. There is zero, Rick, as good as things have been, save for last week, for this Dallas team and for Dak Prescott. There is zero chemistry between Des Bryant and Dak Prescott. Absolutely near, none. So my question is, at this point, and, you know, with two games left trying to win a fantasy championship, if you survived last week somehow, 
we always say we get the question every week on the slant, and we always go, and this is the answer every time, and it's just a matter of which one of us gets to it first. Ugh, I don't like it, but you got to play Dez, right? And the other one goes, Ugh, yeah, I mean, you got to. It's Dez Bryant. Ugh, and we make that sound a lot. Yeah. Is it time to quit going and say no? No more oh, I think if you're zippy fan- Dez Bryant. Yeah, if you're in the fantasy playoffs right now and you actually happen to survive and get by the skin of your teeth with Dez, I think it's time to bench him. There's just no chemistry there. None. None. Absolutely zero. I mean, obviously it depends on who you have, but if you're talking – I mean, certainly there's probably your Dontro Inman's out there, yeah. which is which is much more positive – you know, ceiling that right. Des Bryant has right now. Um, I mean, I don't know. Pick somebody. Uh, you know, we could play that game. Oh, yeah. But, um, you know, Gabriel for Atlanta. I'd play Gabriel, especially if Julio continues to be out. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly. Diggs. Yeah. How about Thielen? Thielen's a guy who Thielen. pops up a lot. I yeah, think we I'd talked play about that. We recommended Thielen this past week on the slant that worked we out recommend, well. Who did we recommend? Was it? Days and Confuse had him. Yeah, that's yeah. who it was. Uh-huh. But what were the, the other ones? I was thinking back on trying to think how we did. Well, I'm we gave get, Jersey Coleman over Miller. Miller going over 100 in a touch was bad for us. But Coleman pretty much redeemed us for junior getting those two touchdowns. They were pretty close. Lamar might have beat him by a handful. Yeah, but wasn't well, We were pretty horrible. close on that. I will apologize to Dean. I mean, you know, we yeah, – and he was kind of right with us not playing Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz, 10 catches, well, 112 right. yards. He threw him in as an aside at the end, though. I mean, he wasn't even part of the nah, conversation. No, I don't even think he even had So him, we yeah. were right on break over Ladarius Green, right. I think. But I guess – but no, Ertz completely caught me by surprise. You know, that's what – and the funny thing is, that's what I expected from Zach Ertz all along with the rookie quarterback, and it never happened. I'd be curious. I'd like to see them back that up. You know, maybe we found something here. Or is it just the real soft – nougaty center of that Washington defense that, that was ripe for a performance like that from Zach Ertz. Well, think about it. You're not going to see it against Baltimore, but I don't think. the point is, no, I think a lot of it, I think it goes back to what you just hit on. I think a lot of it was a game plan against that Washington defense because not only did Zach Ertz have 10 catches for a buck 12, I mean, Trey Burton, the other tight end also had seven catches for 65. So, I mean, 18 catches, or excuse me, 17 catches for the tight ends against that one defense. We haven't seen that no. at all. So, that's something to keep your eye on. I don't know what Washington's remaining schedule is. I believe they got Carolina this week. You know, So, you're playing Greg Olson anyhow. Right. I wonder what it is going down the stretch. That's a little nugget to keep in mind when you're, when you're trying to set your lineups. When you look at that, obviously Philadelphia hit on something with the way tight ends are defended by the Washington Redskins. And I, I'd like to go back. I haven't. It really – it never clicked on me. You know, what we'll to go back after the show, maybe talk about it Sunday, working backwards with Washington, have tight ends had this type of success right. against them. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, I mean, you know, like you said, Philadelphia certainly clicked on something against Washington. And it may be a product of, you know, having that rookie quarterback – and discovering that these guys can be nice safety blankets right. or, you know, maybe this has been happening all year. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I'll be curious. We'll have to look into that. All right, Rick. Well, in the time we have remaining in this segment, let's just uh, do some takeaways from the week that was. You know, one thing, I know this is going to raise your raise your ire a little bit, but I, I'm going to say it, and this is purely speculative. It's going to sound stupid uh, coming off of a big win. 
against a very tough opponent, against a very good defense, the way they handled them. Even with that big win, Rick, the Patriots look vulnerable to me. There is a vulnerability to this team. They didn't tackle well. All those special team gaffes. It didn't happen Monday, but over the last several weeks, you've seen Guskowski missing kicks. There's something just a hair out of plumb with this team for me this year. And while they're probably still the favorites in the AFC, the New England Patriots look vulnerable to me going for This isn't a fantasy football observation. Yes, start Tom Brady. I don't care that he's playing in Denver this week. <laughs> start Tom Brady. There's a vulnerability there that I, didn't, I don't feel like existed in the past. I don't know. I mean, we've had this discussion for about a month now, and I I just don't see it. I mean, yeah, yeah, they didn't tackle well. Uh, you know, they had some special team gaffes that you normally don't see with the hoodie team, right? But they still won. <clears throat> well, and that's and, that's and why that's, this is probably a stupid observation. But I'm just sitting there thinking this team doesn't look unbeatable like they've looked in this reign of terror that the hoodie and Tom Brady's had over the league for the last ten. No, years. but if you look at a lot, I mean, you know, they looked unbeatable some of those years, going, you know, making the playoffs, making Super Bowls, and losing. Well, several times. I mean, that's my point. It's these kind of games or these kind of teams during the course of the year. Look, they've gone through adversity, you know, with Brady being suspended. They've had a lot of injuries, and they keep winning. It's like this team has this chip on their shoulder, and it's still us against the world instead of, ah, we're the big favorites all the time. It's, you know, no, I mean, I just don't see it. I I do not see this, this huge gaffe. Okay, I mean, they, they're playing at Denver this week. It's going to be a tough game. Defensively, but Denver can't score, so they'll, they'll win this game by 10 points. It's very possible. I mean, you just never know. I mean, if the Denver defense picks it up in the altitude, you know, Brady could have an off day. Yeah. But I, I just don't see them, you know, I just, just don't see It's a vulnerability. Huge... They're not unbeatable this year. Which sounds stupid to say about a two-loss team, four of which were without Tom and, Brady. And let's face it, they're going to play in New England in the playoffs. That's a big thing. Is and there is a team Oakland in the going to beat them there? I don't think. Is Kansas City going to beat them there? Absolutely not. Pittsburgh. They're interesting, but they've never done it. They've never gone in there and won that game. Houston. <laughs> no, it's not going to be Houston. Tennessee. You know, I think Tennessee could beat anybody any given week. That team intrigues me. I'm not going to say Tennessee's going to the Super Bowl. Hell, they may not make it to the playoffs. Something about that Tennessee. Quite honestly, I think the Steelers are the only team with the pedigree and the horses to go into New England and win that game. But what I'm stuck on is they just regular season, postseason, preseason. It doesn't matter. They can't go into Foxborough and win a game. And the splits, how bad Ben Roethlisberger is on the road versus at home, tells me that if as a Steeler fan, we better hope Kansas City knocks <laughs> New England out well, somehow you're get a real before the Steelers test. get You're going to get a real litmus test this week when Tennessee goes to Arrowhead. Yeah. And, um, you know, because they're, they're in a must-win situation. Of course, Kansas City is is fighting for home field advantage plus a division title. So, th- 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 these teams are going to be scrapping. Yeah, oh, and that's gonna we're going to find one. out what Tennessee's made of, that's, for sure. That's going to be ugly, grinded out, run the ball, old-school football, and what I assume is bad weather. It seems like the weather is always bad in Kansas City. I hope for bad weather anyhow. So, that, that'll be an interesting one to watch. All right, Rick, what do you got? Any takeaways? Because I got several if you don't. 
I mean, there, there's numerous takeaways. Um, number one, I mean, I, I'm just looking at the schedule for next week, and I'm, I'm looking at New Orleans at Arizona. What's wrong with either one of these teams? I, I can't. Or both put, these teams. I can't put my finger on either. I mean, obviously, New Orleans has had some defensive problems the last couple of years, especially. But Arizona, what? NFC Championship game last year. Right. They're horrible. They still have this. I mean, they still have the number one defense. Their special teams are pathetic, to say the least. Yeah, and that's just not what you're used to seeing in Arizona. I don't know what the answer is, or, or what the problem is. Quite frankly, they're just not performing. Where's that game at? Is that in Arizona? Yeah. So is there a possibility, Rick? We got three weeks in a row of Drew Brees. Now, I don't think there's any Drew Brees owners left in the playoffs. When Drew Brees takes a one and a half, you go home, right? I think Pretty much. There's no question about that. But if there were some oddball who who had somehow squeaked through, could we possibly three, see a third disaster in a row out of Drew Brees? That ain't the place you want to go try and get healthy. No, and I wouldn't be starting him if you did happen to squeak by. That's what I'm thinking. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't know. Go with the Mariota. Go with uh, Jameis Winston. Go with. You know, somebody like that. Makes you wonder. Right. All right, Rick, I want to get this in before we run out of time here. The Tony Romo rumblings have already begun. There's no rumblings. And it is absolutely ridiculous. There's no rumblings. It's Dak Prescott. It, it's got to be. What, of course What, what is, is wrong with people? What in the world? Now, to be I fair. I think it's media. I think that's what I was about to, to say. Just yeah. create a story. Because you haven't heard any of this coming out of Dallas, right? I mean, and a, Jerry a Jones, if he story, was thinking it, he'd have said it. A news story would be Jerry Jones or whatever, you know, Jason Garrett has announced Tony Rome is going to start next week. Right. The media says, hey, Jerry, are you thinking about maybe switching? Or, hey, Jason, Tony Romo going to play anytime soon? Well, all of a sudden, that just starts, and then they'll say, you know, no, we haven't discussed. Well, big headlines. You know, Jason Garrett says there's no controversy. You know, it, they've already created it by just p- printing that story. Yeah, I. but it's rampant. And, and there's people that seem to believe they think, you know, look, he, he had a real bad game last week in New York, a real bad game. You know, and that that would concern me as a Cowboys fan. But they're also trying to to damn him for winning a game on the road in December in Minnesota last Thursday or two Thursdays ago, whatever it was. I mean, that's a, that's a tough place to go against the best defense in the league. And right. yeah, he didn't put up Madden type numbers, but for God's sakes, he won a football game. Right. You know, how can you? Here's what here's my problem with all this. So for all you fanboys and you media types that either want this controversy swirled up or who may be dumb enough to believe that a switch back to Tony Romo is appropriate. Let, let me ask you a question, Rick. We, we like to play games. Yeah. How many Super Bowls, Rick Briggs, have you won? In the NFL? Yes. Um, let me think. Can you minute. remember? Let me think. Let me think. Uh, none. You know what's funny? 
then you have something very, very in common with Tony Romo. Right. Why is Tony Romo the solution to this? How many twelve and two starts has Tony Romo brought you brought this team to? I think how many as many as I have? How many yeah. eleven game mm-hmm. winning streaks has Tony Romo had? Tony Romo right. is a great quarterback and an infinitely likable guy, a guy I root for. But the bottom line is he could never get that team over the hump. He was bad in the playoffs. He was bad in fourth quarters throwing back breaking interceptions. Why there's still this clamoring for this guy? You know, it's like he died. Like when an a hole dies, and you only you look back and remember all the good things. You know, you can't remember now why you hated him. This is what's probably going to happen when you die, right? I can't stand the sight of your face, and probably for an hour and a half, I'll be kind of bummed after you crow. You know, I got to find a new show host. Cletus can't show no, up. Cletus I, is never. I, here. I, I got a lot going on <laughs> yeah. here. But 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 seriously, he's a really really good quarterback. He's not a Hall of Fame quarterback. He's a Hall of pretty darn good quarterback. Right. Never won a Super Bowl. Won two games in the playoffs in this long, illustrious career. You got a kid that shows up in the fourth round from some backwoods college somewhere and he wins 11 straight games in the National Football League. Are you kidding me with this Tony Romo junk? Stop it now. Stop. Go away. It's done. Right. I, I, I agree 100%. I'm good. I, I just mean, had to get it's... that off. I don't understand the clamoring for Tony Romo. You know, and, and Dak Prescott, you know, I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but he's got 3,139 3, passing yards, 20 touchdowns, four interceptions, and oh, by the way, he's rushed for another five touchdowns, says 25 to four, and he's got 218 yards rushing. Tony who? Right. I mean, simple as you that. You got the best backup in the league. That's a really good thing. Right. That's a really just good thing. Shut up. Yeah, I just I don't get it. I don't understand it. And, and I mean, you know, it's one thing to be positive about Tony Romo, but you know Ho ho ho. Merry Christmas. We're not giving him a Christmas present. No. Dak gets it. Yeah, I just I, I it it frustrates the world out of me, Rick. I can't take it. All right, Rick. I want to ask you a question here. You confident as a, if you're still alive as a Russell Wilson owner? After he lays Ooh. just another absolute egg on no, the road. I'm not. I mean, give me freaking Blake Bortles. Oh, wow. Over Russell Wilson. I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, Blake Bortles has outscored Russell Wilson fantasy wise yeah, yeah. this year, and he continues to outscore him. I mean, Russell Wilson is behind Carson Palmer. In fantasy scoring. It's not company you want to be in this year. He's behind Joe Flacco. He's behind Tyrod Taylor and Blake Borders, the aforementioned Blake Bortles. Andy Dalton, Phil Rivers. Uh, you could you could find somebody. I, Russell Wilson is not somebody I want to be relying on to win a playoff game. I'm with in you. fantasy. Yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. Now, now, what's interesting, you, you wonder, you look at that Seattle team, two of their last three are at home. All their last three games are against that putrid, pathetic division they're playing in right now. They're still going to be the number two seed. They're going to win probably three of these games. You know what? i tell you, there's an implication that is in Seattle's favor with the firing of Jeff Fisher. 
Because as bad as the Rams are, <laughs> they have owned Pete Carroll. Absolutely owned him completely. <laughs> you know, and you wonder, is that Jeff Fisher? Is that just one of those weird cosmic I think we're going to find out. We'll find out tonight, as a matter of fact. That's right, that, yeah. that game is tonight right. here, starting very shortly. So that, that that's interesting. Yeah, that, that'll be something to keep an eye on. I, I got a feeling they, they might just Seattle might just lay fitty on them this week, quite frankly. But you get a coaching change. That they've already owned them for just completely unexplainable reasons. Right. It actually makes a, what should be a horrific train wreck of a game a little bit interesting, doesn't it? It does. It really does. It should be something to watch. You'd think there could be a problem between a quarterback and a wide receiver. Oh, you bet there can be. Do you think there may be a problem between Blake Bortles and Allen Robinson? Well, Blake probably just doesn't recognize him half the well, time. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> outside of Blake being a big drunk. <laughs> But I, I've read stories, and I wish I'd read them. Well, I'm glad I didn't, or I'd have recommended starting them everywhere, where Allen Robinson went up to the OC there in Jacksonville ahead of last week's game and talked to him about his lack of targets and his concern and basically was guaranteed they were going to build a game plan around him last week, Rick. And he caught one pass on, I don't know what it was, I don't know if you have the stats in front of you, three or four targets. Blake Bortles still just absolutely isn't looking his way. And you wonder, after everything – Everything Allen Robinson did last year, and I know this is fantasy sour grapes for me because he cost me so many, so many fantasy seasons. I'm really wondering, is there something there? And would an NFL quarterback, alcoholic or not, do that? You know, put his team at risk if there's some sort of – I'm just wondering if we're going to find out there's some sort of rift between these no, two. No, I don't think so there. I think that's just a case of Allen Robinson – being a little like Dez or being a little like Steve Smith, something like that. He's not getting the ball, so now he's pouting. I mean, Marquise Lee has over 100 yards or about 100 yards more receiving than Allen Robinson. Right. And he was behind Allen Hearns in the depth chart at the beginning of the year. And probably for good reason. Well, that's I'm grasping at straws for – you know, at the beginning of the year, I was casting it aside. Yeah, Allen Robinson only had four for 38, but he was targeted nine times, and Bortles was hammered and wasn't getting the ball anywhere near him. But over the last several weeks, the last several months, he's not even being targeted. It just seems so strange to me. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he had three targets last yeah, week. How? It, you know, I don't know. You know it's, it, it's hard to explain when you have a, a With Hearns out, especially. Right. You know, Marquise Lee did have over 100 yards receiving, but that should tra- – I, I don't know. I mean, if you've got an Allen Robinson and your team stinks, there is no reason he doesn't have 12 targets every single game. You look at his last four games. Now, this is against Detroit, Buffalo, Denver, Minnesota. Not the easiest defenses in the league. I'll, I'll grant you that. Right. 18 yards, 24 yards, 31 yards, 17 yards. That's horrid. Yeah. (laughs) And and from a skill set perspective, Allen Robinson's one of the 10 best wide receivers in this league. He's not dropping balls. You know, he's up for everything I can see from my novice point of view. He's running all the right routes. He's absolutely not being targeted. And I can't come up with a good explanation for that. None. I got nothing. And I would dare to venture that Marquise Lee has 200 more receiving yards against those four teams than Allen Robinson does. And that's disturbing. Because, that's troubling, yeah. Because, as, number one, as a fantasy owner, which I had him in, in a couple of leagues, I find myself 
not being able to believe that Marquise right. Lee is a reliable receiver. Not not taking anything away from that. I think he pushes Alan Hearns' outcome next year. Very well could be. But, you know, you just keep saying, you know, Alan Robinson. Alan Robinson. It's He's Alan Robinson. Do, but it's not happening. Exactly. So, I don't know what it is. be interesting to see what happens. I, I'm, I'll be watching that news, see if something comes out in the offseason. Although, I, it's not a soap opera. I can't imagine it's that it's that clean and that simple. All right, Rick, well, we got a break here and we come back. I got, the, I got a little game to play. I believe Rick has some games to play. It will be Game Show Corner here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. chaotic very chaotic i like that hey welcome back to the asylum we are flagger and briggs and you know what we hope you are enjoying our programming if you are consider becoming a part of the arena sports net honor roll just log on to arenasportsnet.com slash asn honor roll all we ask is for a contribution of five dollars per month to help keep our shows going, help make them better, and continue to show all the true fans of Real Sports Talk how it's done. The funds will contribute to a new set of studios and equipment and make the quality better across all of our divisions. So, well, Rick, dig into your dig into your pockets. Yeah, cheap get skates. a couple Come of a, on. one Abe a month. That's no big deal. Big deal. Honest Abe. Help us out here. All right, we're gonna play a little game, oh, Mr. Right. Flieger. I like games. And uh, I don't even know. I've, I've been kind of debating on what to name it. I just kind of settled on for better or worse. Oh, all right. And, uh, I mean, you can go the, the negative road or the positive road. All right. But, um, you know, we all know that. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Santa likes a positive yeah, so we'll road. Keep, we'll so keep it positive. we won't go with that way. We'll go which is worse. That's disrespectful. It is disrespectful. There we go. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. I'm going to say which is worse or which is better, whichever you want. But I'm going to say which is worse. Which is worse, Drew Brees throwing zero touchdowns and three picks or Isaiah Crowell rushing for 113 yards but only getting 10 attempts while RG3 bumbled around to 104 yards passing with an interception? All right, the Crowell thing is damnably frustrating. When you hand him the ball – he, he runs forward with it, sometimes for many, many yards. Now, I don't know a lot about football. I'm not you, Jackson. You know, I'm not that baseball analytics guy they hired. <laughs> but I tend to think that's a good thing. That's what you want to do. You know, get the ball in some guy's hand and have him go a long ways forward, forward right? right? Okay. But they don't seem to like that. So what's worse is Drew Brees because Drew Brees sent a lot of fantasy owners packing last week, right? You got into the playoffs despite him. Maybe you had a game cushion. He does it again. Zippy touchdown, three interceptions. This is very, very – I don't want to get dramatic here. This is overreaction time, right? But we worry about these quarterbacks getting up around that 40 number and we talk about there isn't a steady decline. All of a sudden it just falls off the table. Are we starting to see that with Drew Brees? I don't know. These aren't games you would have predicted this would have happened in, either one of them, right? I mean, this wasn't the Vikings and the Ravens they played in these two games. You know, Even on the road, and Drew Brees has never been as good on the road, and we all understand that. It was at Tampa Bay, and maybe Tampa's better than we think they are. Well, they're 8-5. and five. But what's worse, what's worse is because Isaiah Crowell didn't send anybody home. 
You know, it, it hurt me in, in the one play as I got eliminated on where I only lost by seven. I had Crowell on the bench. Right. Now, it's absolutely absurd. He only got 10 carries. It's just absolutely absurd. It is. In a game that theoretically was close. It was close-ish, anyhow. Not to where you'd have to abandon the run and put the ball in RG3's hands, for God's sake. But what's happened with Drew Brees is much, much worse. Okay, I, I agree. I mean, you know, that first one with Drew Brees was... I just threw it out. Ah, yeah, I mean, that's a bad game. But you know what? He's going to bounce back. You know, that's what Drew Brees now he's does, going to, right? Going to Arizona this week, like we talked about last segment. I mean, it sure doesn't look like it's going to get any better. No, it, it really doesn't. Okay, which is which is worse? The Rams giving Jeff Fisher an extension and millions of guaranteed dollars? <laughs> We're firing him a week after it's announced. Oh, it's giving him the money. <laughs> they should have fired him two seasons ago. It's giving him the money. Now, again, you, you seem dubious on it. I'm going to take them at their word that he was given that extension in the spring. I don't know why they kept it a secret or, frankly, how they kept it. Although it really wasn't a secret, was it? We all kind of knew it. I felt like that was out there. We accepted that that had happened. But but why would you do it? Like I said, the firing was a great thing. So much better is the firing. I don't know why it took so long. I don't know why you do it with three games left. I don't know. That, that you're just trying to make a splash, right? Just trying to sort of publicly shame somebody. But, yeah. you know, after you give up, the, you're down 42 nothing at home against the Atlanta Falcons. Maybe you deserve to be publicly shamed so I can live with that. But given the extension – now, look, bully for Jeff. You know, you can fire me. If you want to hand me 14 milli and tell me to kick rocks, you can publicly shame me. You can do whatever you I'll want to me. I'll kick a lot of rocks Yeah, you can do bucks. whatever you want to me on national TV for that kind of money. But yeah, insanity. Just – I dysfunctional organizations that's what they are and you can move to the to la la land you can move to hollywood and you can build an 18 billion dollar stadium that can fly to the moon you can do all that it's a crappy organization run by crummy executives and it's never going to get better i don't care where you put that team roger you can't save it you got it man (laughs) okay a little squirrely today which is worse now this this is a, this is an intriguing one. I want you to think about it now because well, thinking's not we're, my strong. We're talking suit. about a team with the number one defense in the league. Okay, okay. Which is worse, Arizona's abysmal special teams or Minnesota's thirty second ranked run game? I'm going to give it to Arizona's special team. Here's why I'm going to say that. It's bad. It's really bad for Minnesota to have the 32nd ranked pass offense because you don't have a good quarterback. No, because run, run offense. Or run offense, right. I'm sorry. But, but you stink at the quarterback. So you need to run the ball. You've got the best, in, in my mind, maybe statistically it doesn't bear out that way, but in my mind, the best defense in the NFL. You lose Adrian Peterson, so it's sort of forgiven. But you've seen McKinnon and Asiata. My point is I can almost forgive it to where you lose one of the 15 best running backs in the history of this league, and I may be being way too conservative there. He might be one of the 10 best. I don't know. I don't want to have that debate. Plus you lose half your offensive line. You, You lose anybody with name recognition, certainly on that offensive line. So I can almost forgive it. it. It's a real shame because if that team had Adrian Peterson in a healthy healthy offensive line, this is a team we're talking about making a run to the Super Bowl and Minnesota finally getting over the hump. When you look at Arizona, and yeah, it stinks that, that special teams is that bad. 
especially when that defense is that good. But the biggest shame, the, the whole Arizona situation is worse for me. You know, that I don't know if Carson Palmer got old. You've got the – if not, I'm going to say it over Ezekiel. You've got the best young running back in the league, what he can do running the ball, what he can do catching the ball. You have explosive playmaker in him. You have an explosive playmaker in Larry Fitzgerald. You can't move the ball offensively. Carson Palmer just turns the ball over like, like it's his job. You're just bumbling all over it on special teams. Meanwhile, you're going out and playing decent defense, but at the same time you're playing decent defense and letting the Miami Dolphins and Matt freaking Moore drive down to the five-yard line against you in a driving rain and lose you a game and what ultimately ends your season. So that, to me, is way, way worse. Only because I don't like it, it's sad, but I can almost excuse away what's happening in Minnesota right now. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have to agree with you. When you have, um, and, and granted, Palmer's stats aren't wonderful. He's got 20 touchdowns and 13 picks. But they're still the 10th-ranked offense in the league. And passing-wise, they're still the 13th. So it's not like they're not performing at least mid-level. Adequately. Throw in the number one defense in the league, and you are sitting at 5-7-1. and one. It is turnovers, baby. And yep. I, I agree with you. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of um, extenuating circumstances injury-wise in Minnesota where like, you could almost give them a pass this year. And, and I'll go along with that. But I'll tell you what something's going to change somewhere in Arizona. I, I don't know what. Yeah. But there's no excuse to be have this kind of a record. If they if they don't run the table at least finish 8-7 and 1. Arian's job obviously is not in jeopardy. You wouldn't but, think. But I think that uh, you know, there there's special team coaches oh, there's going to be some other boys <laughs> out gone. of there. All right, I got one more. Oh, I look forward to it. I'm winning this game, aren't I? Oh, you are smoking it. I know. I'm good. Right now. Okay, which is worse? Steve Smith screaming at the coaches on the sideline, give me the ball, MFers, <laughs> or the NFL announcing the London schedule already? Oh, by <laughs> far. <laughs> Talk about just throwing me up a softball. No, I don't care when they announce it. They can announce it right now for the year. You know year, what it is? 2,182. The fact that they're playing Four games over there. Do you there. know what it is? I mean, do you know the games? I, I saw them. I could New rep- Orleans, Miami. Baltimore, Jacksonville. Minnesota, Cleveland. <laughs> Arizona, L.A. <laughs> the good news is this may be the death of it because three games into that is there <laughs> Brits are sitting there watching Cleveland and Robert Griffin and the carousel of loser, loser quarterbacks Cleveland has to throw out to finish a football game. They're finally going to say, you know, as a nation, they'll rise up and say, Roger Goodell, take this junk back over across the pond and leave us alone. We're done. Now, where's the pub? When's the next soccer yeah. game on? Manchester Look, United, anyone? Steve Smith, Rick, what he did, I have no problem with whatsoever he is probably 10 years older than every coach he's screaming at he's earned the right to do that and furthermore he's right he is right they are refusing to run the ball they're throwing the ball 49 to 54 times every single game if you get the ball within the halo with steve smith he's going to catch it and break a tackle at 118 years old he is still a game breaker he should be getting the ball and in what he's done in this league 
and is coming back from what he's come back from and what he's accomplished, he has earned the right to scream that at anybody, including Santa Claus himself. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. Give him the ball, mother effer. Give him the ball. I agree with Steve Smith 100%. And anybody offended by that can go away. But the thing is, uh, Santa can put him on the naughty list. Well, yeah. And and, and Steve doesn't like that. He well, won't yell at Santa. Steve can buy and sell Santa 18 times over. He doesn't no, care. Santa's magic. He doesn't care. Santa's magic. Yeah, but were that, people upset that by magic that? magic little dust. You know, he sprinkles on the <laughs> reindeer. I didn't get me some of know. that. Huh? I didn't get me some of that. Have you ever heard that? You ever listened to that, Cheech and Chong? I think the, the probably Claus, have heard it. The story of Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. The parts of it. Yeah, I don't. I, I'll have to. Uh, I know what we're doing during the break. Yeah. now. We'll, we'll have another one. Is it as good as this one? When, boy, when? I don't know. Are you gonna get Let's your? Let's just let it play out. We ever let the I, listeners I hear it? it. It's just God Almighty me. I think he's the Antichrist. Anthony, I want to talk to you. Now listen, don't walk away from me when I'm talking to you. This is Rick talking you to his get son. You a job before sundown, or we're what, shipping you off to military school with a Finkelstein kid. Son of a I wish you could see Rick's face light up when this gets uh, played. So so look that up. So yeah, we're going to have to check out Cheech and Joe. Is it appropriate? Can we play it on the air? Oh, probably parts of it. We'll I mean, it. not as many beeps as this guy. <laughs> well, that's Strother good. Martin that's from good. Up in Smoke. But, but but seriously, do you have any problem with Steve Smith doing that? Any whatsoever? No, I mean, I, I don't have that because I have a feeling with uh, – I'm sorry. I, I cannot – it, it, it kind of like you see a vulnerability in, in New England that I don't. I cannot get on board with Joe Flacco, period. No, no. Period. I don't think he's a good quarterback. And, and, you know, people will crucify me for saying that, but I, I just don't think he is. No. I guess the Steelers he is, <laughs> yeah. but other he than that, to, he's, he's not. to find a way there. Yeah, and look, here, number one, and I mean this, you know, I'm – I'm hyping it up a little bit. But a guy like Steve Smith, I think he's earned the right to, to talk like that, even to coaches. I, I really do. And number two, I can guarantee you, I can promise you, that this is being said by players nowhere near the stature of a Steve Smith to coaches on the sideline after every possession of every single game. This is what happens. Give yeah. me the ball. Give you know we hear about it when it's a guy like Steve Smith does it, when Terrell Owens used to do it, when Randy Moss used to do it. There are practice squad hanger-ons who are doing this in practice and doing this in every NFL game. Why this becomes a thing, I guess it's just the language. I don't know. I'm sorry. Steve Smith has earned a right, number one. And number two, he's right. If you're going to throw the ball around 49 times, quit throwing it to Dennis Pitta. Quit throwing it to Kamar Aiken, Brashard Perry, all these losers you've rolled in year in and year out while Steve Smith's getting the job done and solidifying a Hall of Fame career. Yeah, he wants the ball. Yeah, you should be giving him the ball. And he, I'm going to say it one last time, and I'll stop. He has earned the right to do that, pure and simple. And what you don't hear about Steve Smith is, is you don't – you probably don't – I read this. Um, it was uh, actually an interview with Ricky Prohl. If you remember him from the greater show of turf, yes. then he went to Carolina. 
he had a year with Carolina, he was going to retire. Because, you know, he was getting up there. Yeah. I think it was late 90s, right? Steve Smith went to his house and said, man, don't retire this year. We got something cooking. You know, he was young. You know, he still, I think they had Mushin Muhammad. Yeah, yeah. Plus Ricky Prohl. You know, it, Berline. You remember the Steve Berline right. year? Yes. He actually made the uh, one-year wonder in our uh, Asylum Football That's Hall of right. Fame. That's right, yes. I mean, he went there, talked to him and his wife, and said, yeah, just one more. You know, I mean, we, you know, we really need you. You're the glue to this wide receiver core. I mean, he, you know, told him that. Right. You know, we need you. And, of course, he played, and they had a good year. And it was Steve Smith and Moose Muhammad that had the monster years, not Ricky Prohl. But Steve Smith wanted him there for a specific reason. Right. You know, guidance. Um, you know, he he always was a great possession guy. You mm-hmm. know, even, you know, with Kurt Warner taking the back seat to who? Holt and Bruce. Right. You know, and so, I mean, you know, this guy is – He's just an all-around competitor. He's a good guy. And, yeah, he's fiery. And he'll slap you right upside the head. It right. doesn't matter. And but that's what's happening here, Rick. Right. Lost in the world of millennials and safe spaces and all this nonsense going on in the world right now. I'm offended. Yes. Is the thought that every leader, every leader of a team every manager every boss to take it down to our level is your your quiet unassuming benevolent type of larry fitzgerald type of silent leader there's a whole lot of leaders like steve smith too who are just that they will prop you up they will have your back no matter what and if you step out of line they're going to ring your bell and I think that's a good thing. And there's still a place for that in this world. And there sure as hell should still be a place for that in the National Football League, right? Oh, so Dorian- let's, let's go t- tiptoeing away from offending someone. You saw what happened in baseball. The rookies are no longer allowed to be dressed up. You know, they dress up as women. What's wrong with that? It's offensive. To who? To women, oh, to the God players sake. themselves, it'll hurt their feelings. And yet, meanwhile, when they're showing this um, story, they're showing the rookies posing with their dresses. Yeah. Another team had their rookies dressed up as Hooters girls and everything. But now they're no longer allowed to do it. You know why? Because it's a form of bullying. Oh, for God's sake. Is what sake. they said. It's <laughs> hazing and bullying. Oh, my and God. And it is so pathetically sad yeah. that – this liberal crap has <laughs> somehow manifested itself into good-natured fun. And it's team building. It's not it, hazing. It really is. Hazing it's team is building. Where they, it's paying your dues. Hazing is where they pin medals into your skin or something of that nature where you're actually harming someone. Right. You know, whatever, you know. But this is just nothing but good-natured fun. These guys are posing and laughing, taking selfies of themselves. It's just and it's team fun. building, paying right. your dues. You know, it's we ridiculous. went through it. We went through it. This is what we're going to do. You're going to earn our respect. We're going to get a little revenge for what the guys did to us when we were rookies. It, it's just insanity. But it, it breeds to swing this all the way back to the Steve Smith conversation that we think a guy doing that's offensive. You know, because you shouldn't talk like that. And you're a team, and you should all be in this together. No, no, there's still room for that type of leadership. Where he's going to have your back 
100%. If something goes down, he's going to be the first one there. He's going to teach you everything he knows. He's going to leave that team better than he found it. But if you're not living up to your end, because this guy's going above and beyond he above and beyond his end, if you're not living up to yours, including as some stupid offensive coordinator, he's going to call you out on it. And there's just not a darn thing wrong with that. And None there's whatsoever. many, many NFL teams that would be in a lot better shape this season Absolutely. with a fiery leader on, need, on a team. You need some leadership You like better that. believe You it. really do. All right, Rick, well, let's jump into mine. Mine's a little simpler. I've just got some burning questions heading into the playoffs here, Ooh, the fantasy playoffs. Burning questions. They are burning. They're burned in my mind, and I want your answer. And I specifically wrote to ones that I don't have a strong opinion on either way. I don't know how to feel about it. I tried to gear it towards the kind of questions we're going to get on Sunday morning. So, oh, excuse me, I'm all tore up here today. Here's the very first one, Rick. Burning question number one, what should fantasy owners do about Lamar Miller from here on out? I think you play him. Did he show us last week you have to? You have no choice? Well, I think he's shown you that the injury concern that everyone was talking about. Including me a lot. Sorry, Dean. Yeah, I I don't think it's all that serious. And I think you play him. I mean, they're in a division stretch coming down to the wire. I mean, between three teams in that division, they're going to rely on Lamar Miller. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree. You just you had to play them. They can't throw the ball, you know, unless they're playing a Denver. I don't know what their schedule is coming up. It doesn't really matter. We could take a look. It's so rare that a running back's going to get 25 carries a game. I think that was the folly in my, my thinking of it heading into last week, that he's been nicked up. They're giving him the ball 25 times a game. He's only gaining two, two and a half yards of carry. you got to avoid him. At the end of the day, fantasy football is a game of averages, right? That's really what it comes down to. And you have a much better opportunity with a guy touching the ball 25 or 30 times than you do an Isaiah Crowell, who, albeit may have some success, is only going to see the ball 10 or 12 times. Lamar Miller, December 18th, Jacksonville. Like that. At home. Like that. Then they're at home against the Bengals. Tough matchup, but I mean. You can run on them. The you Bengals can run aren't. on them. And if your fantasy season goes all the way to the very end, you finish up at Tennessee. That's a little tougher, too. But they're not But they're not impossible matchups. This isn't Baltimore. This isn't Minnesota. So, right. yeah, I tend to agree. I think you have to – I think you got to stick with stick with Lamar Miller from here on out. So that is a lesson learned. All right, Rick, I'm trying to skip around here because we've got very little time trying to find maybe the most burning of the questions. But All we right. have a whole other segment. It makes well, no difference. we got more fun in that segment, well, too, We right? have frivolity, we, too. We are – oh, lots of frivolity. <laughs> frivolity just for days – <laughs> for absolute day. I'm not even sure I know what frivolity means, but I, I think I like having Oh, I do. And you know who else does? All right, come on, ho, ham hands. Ho, there you ho. go. Merry Christmas. <laughs> he knows what frivolity is. All right, Rick. Here's a burning question, because right. you know we're going to get this one 85 times on Sunday morning. A.J. Green is back practicing. If he is a go for Sunday, is he a lockdown guaranteed, no discussion start? Yes. That's simple. Yep. I tend to agree. I worry about a hamstring, though. Of course I do. And, and yeah, would I be terrified? Yeah. But you start him in white knuckle? I think I agree with you. I'm just asking. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I just can't. If he's going to play, if he's practiced basically all week, right? You know, and he hasn't re aggravated. We all know what happened with Doug Martin. 
when right. he had that quote unquote setback. Mm-hmm. He showed up one day for practice, boom, he's out for another three weeks. Yeah, he just fell off the map. So I'm going to go, and, and yeah, I'm going to be white knuckling a little bit, but I can't see who I can logically in my mind start. Yeah. And say, okay, I'm going to stick him in in the second round of my playoffs because I don't trust A.J. Green. And then A.J. will go out for 12 catches, a buck 30, and a touchdown. Average is 120 in his career versus the Steelers. Yeah. And this is probably one of the worst Steeler defenses he's faced in that amount of time. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to do it. All right, same question. Take out A.J. Green, replace it with Julio Jones. That's when I'm more reticent to play, even if they say he's a go. Yeah, because – yeah, Julio is. I, I I could see him getting a couple. Getting I haven't a heard anything really nice. No, there's been no positive, positive spin on news this. at all, and these turf toes scare me to death. So yeah, I mean, you just have to monitor it. If he starts, ew, boy, I mean, pray you don't have AJ Green on your team too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, who would you start? Ahead of Julio Jones, if they said Julio Jones is a go, Rick. Uh, I mean, we could play the game. Tyrell yeah. Williams, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of guys that would be on the bench if uh, you know that you had as a backup before Julio went Devontae out. Devontae Adams. Yes, Devontae. I now, actually had him on the list of questions. He's a must start every week now, right? I th- yeah. I Especially think he, with Cobb being nicked up. If Cobb's out, Adams is a lockdown must start. Every well, not week. only that, he came. Right out of the forefront, you know, of, of maybe going back to the back seat a little bit. Uh-uh. This guy is there to stay. Yeah, he's the real deal. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd start Devontae over Julio. Yeah, I mean, I, I how far – Brandon Cooks. You know what? As little as I tr- – Cooks can take, put up a donut, too. So, I'd probably take the risk of yeah, Julio. And we already talking about Breeze. Right. Well, you got that, too. Jamison Crowder. I think you're starting him either anyway, but for the purposes of the Kenny game, Britt. yeah, Crowder. Oh, Britt's interesting. Britt's really, really interesting. You know Kenny Britt on that lame Los Angeles offense is only uh, 63 yards shy of a 1,000-yard season. Yeah, he's having a hell of a year. Yeah, he is. Would I start him? You know, I think I would start him over Julio. Wallace. I might risk Julio with Wallace. Um... Well, Michael Thomas is kind of banged up, and with Drew Brees, I don't want any part. Okay, yeah. how about uh, Golden Tate? Oh, with Stafford dealing with that finger. Right. That'd be a tough one. Yeah, and that that's a scenario you could see. I might I might still play Golden Tate there. Jordan Matthews. I mean, we could, we could go on and on. I mean, I'd probably risk Julio over Jordan Matthews. See, I mean, yeah. It's... But the names we're mentioning here and the guys we're putting them over tells you how reticent, you know, for, for right. listeners out there as you're preparing your questions for Sunday, how reticent I am about playing. Now, look, I'd be stunned if he gives it a go Sunday, so this may be the dumbest conversation ever because right. it's something that simply is not going to happen. But if it does, that's how reticent I am okay, to play Okay, you're going here. into the playoffs. Here's just one a burning question. We started playing this game. You're going into the playoffs. Um, do you start Adam Thielen over Calvin Benjamin? Every time. A thousand. DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, it's time to give up on DeAndre. It's not yeah. DeAndre's fault, but yes, it's time to give up on DeAndre. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, there's Brandon Marshall. 100%. You're right. Allen Robinson, 100%. Yeah. 
Adam Thielen's ahead of all these guys that got drafted in the top three rounds of your fantasy draft. Exactly. Which which is absolutely stunning. All right, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to find a, most of those guys were on my caveman team, which is why I think you're putting that list together, and I hate you for it, Which quite is why frankly. you're not in the playoffs. Yeah, I hope you choke to death on that Diet Coke over there. Right, we only got a minute or two left, Rick, so real quick I'll throw this one out. The loss of Ryan Tannehill, positive, negative, or no effect on our boy? Ajayi. I don't think it's going to have a whole lot of effect, quite frankly. Matt Moore's been there before. He's proven he can throw the ball. And, you know, I just don't think this is really going to affect IJE that bad. I think the the line is okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, the defense keeps them in games. I I don't think defenses were any more afraid of Ryan Tannehill than they're going to be a Matt Moore. No. I just don't. Ryan Tannehill's a better quarterback. Ryan Tannehill has started 12 games this season, so it gives him a clear, clear advantage over Matt Moore, and there's a reason why as bad as Ryan Tannehill's been, Matt Moore has still been his backup. All that being said, there, you're not going to have any more fear, of much more fear of Tannehill over him, so I don't think the offensive game plan changes much because it's so simple for Tannehill as it is, and you're going to just plow into the line with Ajayi as much as you can, so I agree. I think it's no effect. I think it's business as usual in Miami. I do too. I really do. All right, Rick. Well, we have got a break here. When we come back, we will wrap up the show with all of this fun and this just buckets of frivolity yeah. Briggs is promising you. <laughs> so all of that and more here exclusively on the Arena Sports Network. Welcome back to the Asylum, the final segment. Flieger and Briggs right here on the Arena Sports Network. That's right. I am Rick Flieger along with Rick Briggs. Cletus is at his interpretive dance class once again. Is he ever coming back to work, Rick, ever? I, I'm not sure. I mean, it, it, he's really starting to take this interpretive dance to the next level. Well, I, I, yeah, I don't he's know got he, a bit of a hipster vibe. This I don't know if he's thing. wanting to be a, like a Barishnikov, you know, and and get into the tights and all that kind of stuff, or if he's just going to be like be a, pretty, you know. a hippie at Woodstock and just dance around that, and say it means something. That that I can see more of. He's just high and flopping around, maybe. and maybe he ought to take up like hula dancing. You know, that's supposed to tell a story. The whole thing. The hula you know. tells a story. Yeah, I thought it was just like hot chicks wiggling no. their hips around. No, actually, it's supposed to tell some big story. You know, as you go through a hula yeah. dance. I, I'll never. That's understand. why Jack Lord stayed out there doing Hawaii Five O. He never left Hawaii. You know, <laughs> why would you leave Hawaii? <laughs> I mean, if you have the money, isn't it like butt expensive to be out there? So you oh, either have to be rich on meth to live out yeah. there because they got to like boat everything in or something, right? No, is there good hunting in Hawaii other than the pigs? I can't imagine. Yeah, we, I can't be a whole lot. lot a lot of the white tail or maybe a couple of those there. islands somewhere, you know, that's not really heavily inhabited. I don't have no idea. Yeah, so I don't know if Cletus still works here or not. In the meantime, I'll continue to run back and forth towards the booth as he becomes an expert dancer and continues on down his road to alcohol alcoholic ruins. I have to assume it's. Like it's got to be like looking in a time machine for you, right? I mean, is that where it started? With he's got the long hair and the big beard, and he's drunk all the time. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I thought we were having frivolity. Well, I thought that was a frivolity. It was. All right, here's some frivolity. Long time Rick. ago. Tell me if you like this. Do you, you hear what they're doing with the Pro Bowl this year? This is fun, I think. Okay. It's gimmicky. I, I, I haven't heard. It's actually. gimmicky, but it's fun. So as part of they're still going to play the stupid game, which I think needs to go away. 
And I wonder if this is the first step. They're finally adding a bunch of skill competitions with the pro bowlers, all right? But here's one they're doing, and this one excites me. It's stupid, I know, but it excites me, Rick. There will be this year, 2016, it'll be 2017 at that point, a Pro Bowl dodgeball game. Now, that's fun. I'd watch that. I'm going to watch the dodgeball game. It's going to be fun until a player blows a knee or throws a shoulder out of socket. (laughs) And then they go, well, we're not going to do that. Yeah, I, I didn't consider that. But dodgeball. I mean, I remember. You remember? Um, it's a while ago. I don't know if you were playing fantasy football back then, but you were probably playing attention to sports. I mean, you remember Robert Edwards? He used to be a running back. For yeah, the, he was a rookie. Right. Had a great year. Out to Hawaii for the Pro Bowl. Almost lost his leg. Oh, and that sand in the get, sand. It like flag ripped, game ripped an artery or yeah, something. Yeah, and, I do remember hearing that. You know. When, boy? <laughs> it's just like, you know. Uh, I got to go uh, back to the control room. Cletus just ruined it all. <laughs> you know, if he was here, we could do this, but that's okay. Uh, to be fair, he wouldn't have had it turned up either. Probably. But we could have pointed at him. I wouldn't have had to but stand quite up. Quite frankly, though, I agree with you. It, it's stupid. It's not. It doesn't mean anything. No. You go back 50 years ago in the 60s when these players were making three, $4,000 a year, <laughs> and they got an extra 2500 bucks or 5000 Yeah, when the th- win bonus meant something. Yeah, and you, you were an all-pro. You went there and basically doubled your salary if you won right. and probably times and a half did if you lost. Right. It meant something. It doesn't mean anything. It's just a free trip to Hawaii so you can yeah. run around and look stupid and not put forth much effort. And that's okay on its surface, but could trying to assign any value to it. I, mean, I wonder if this is a first step towards eliminating the game and maybe doing stuff like this. But to your point, these guys are such commodities now, I guess you can't risk them blowing out a knee playing dodgeball. Look, number one, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun. You know, the game, I fully understand the guys not. And, and here's the thing. I, I'll say this. I think the NFL. And why do they have it, for example, they have it before the Super Bowl. Right. Okay, just for an example, you know, it's it's Pittsburgh and or whatever, New England. It doesn't, doesn't make matter. To pick yeah. a team and somebody at uh, Green Bay. There's a lot of people that should be on the Pro Bowl. Right. They're not playing in the Pro yeah. Bowl because they're going to the Super Bowl. It's ridiculous yeah. to slap this thing in here just so they can have yet another game. Yeah, they don't want that week off. Right. That, that's what it is. You it's can't insanity. have that week off. That's TV money you're not yeah, making. Yeah, because you, know, you don't want two weeks of Boomer going back, 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 <laughs> you know, about nothing. Well, we, isn't Boomer retiring? Isn't this his last year? Mercifully, <laughs> I, I think it is. I thought I heard that. So, God, I hope so. Yeah, maybe I can watch that home run derby again. I can't stand that backpack thing. And it, when when it's natural, I'm all right with it. But when it becomes your stick, I mean, and you do it, they hit eighteen thousand well, home years, runs. Like, you know, it's just stick. But to defend the NFL, I think they've done everything they could with this game. Yeah, I did. I agree with you. Moving it between the championship games and the Super Bowl was stupid. But, you know, to do the fantasy draft where Michael Urban and Jerry Rice are picking their ju- – that's intriguing. Oh, that is it's intriguing. horrendous. It, it's intriguing to me. So you do all of this, but at the end of the day, you can't make it mean anything. There's not enough financial incentive, number one. These guys, the beating they're taking now, what we know now about the long-term effects of injuries, to play one more game – 
against the best of the best would be stupid. I just don't think it can be salvaged. There's probably they probably still make too much money on it to make it go away. So I give them credit for trying different stupid little things to get a simpleton like me to tune in, and a simpleton like me will tune into a dodgeball game. You know where JJ watched drilling Tom Brady in the chin with a dodgeball. I'll tune in for that, but it's dumb. It needs to go away. I don't think it's ever going to. I really don't. But I'll watch that. I'll watch a dodgeball game. Uh, maybe they'll have like a bridge tournament. You can watch it. What if Texas Hold'em? Would you watch that? I like Texas Hold'em. I love playing Texas Hold'em. I found out I'm not near as good. You know, on TV they show you everybody's hold card. You know, they when they don't do that, it's a lot harder in real life when they yeah. don't show you those. It's easy to bluff a guy when you know he's got two, three. Yeah, I was stunned the first time <laughs> I sat down at a table and I couldn't see what everybody else was holding. You know, holy, yeah. God, it's a little oh, tougher than it looks. Where's the TV monitor? <laughs> yeah. I want to see what this guy has. No, I actually. Rick, used to- what do you have? How am I supposed to bet if I don't know what you have? Hey, I actually played in a few tournaments when I lived down in uh, Richmond, which was uh, it was fun. I mean, it's time-consuming. You have to have the time. I mean, you you know, you have to commit, okay, I'm going to this thing, you know, unless you get, you know, thrown out right at the yeah. very beginning. I mean, it's, you know, I know we used to play at, it was actually a nightclub bar-like thing, and it was set, you know, the whole back of the club was set up with all these poker tables. And it wasn't – you couldn't win money because there was anti-gambling oh, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you could win, and, you know, you could win things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I got third one time, but it was fun. It was just a blast. My problem is I play too tight. I'm not – like a sports gambler, I'm, I'm pretty loose. But when it comes to cards or even blackjack at a casino, I play so tight. I just get myself blinded out. <laughs> I just – I take no <laughs> risks. I never try to bluff because I feel stupid if I bluff and I don't win. You know what I mean? It's kind of embarrassing. So I just get blinded out, and then I go away, and I go get drunk somewhere. That's kind of my thing. All right. Did you see this story down in Wake Forest? Last thing before we get to the mailbag. Did you hear about this? I believe I missed that. This is unbelievable. And I double-checked it, sourced it. I've heard it on enough legitimate outlets that it must actually be true. There is a guy, what, what's his name? I'm trying to find it here. I want to give him credit <laughs> or blame. Name's Tommy Elrod. He's a radio analyst for a, the Wake Forest football team. Right. Okay. <clears throat> he was previously a player and a full-time assistant coach under their previous head coach. They, they switched head coaches, I don't know if it was a year or two ago. To be honest, I don't know a lot about Wake Forest <laughs> football. It probably speaks well of me, to be honest. So when, so he's kind of legacy around Wake Forest, but the new head coach didn't retain him as an assistant coach, which is very, very common, right? Right. So the university did him a solid, made him a radio analyst. So he's done that for a couple of years. Well, they noticed this year in the Louisville game, when Louisville just smoked, which you would expect Lamar Jackson right. and Louisville against Wake Forest. <coughs> Pardon me. But their head coach grew concerned in the second half when Louisville knew their playbook inside and out. Somehow, you know, and a coach can notice this, they always knew what Wake Forest was going to be doing. He's so concerned about it, he launches, him and the university launch an investigation. Come to find out, this radio analyst, Tommy Elrod, was bitter and for two years had been leaking, because he has full access to to the practices, being the team's 
being the team's radio, and normally they throw like if there's any national media, they throw them out when the game plan and stuff. Right. But being their local radio guy and being a a legacy there at Wake Forest, he's in all that. Was leaking the playbook, leaking the game plans to opponents. They they've a hundred percent proven that it was Louisville, and they suspect it happened in many other games. All right, this is espionage of, you know, the the Russians in the 80s. <laughs> this is the most unbelievable. Of course, they fired him. He's been banned from the Wake Forest campus. Gee, I wouldn't know why. I mean, if I saw this on TV, I would laugh and say, this would never happen. This is just the most amazing story I have ever seen. Unbelievable. I mean, and this is Talk about your extreme case of sour grapes. <laughs> I mean, really? I, <laughs> I mean, mean wow. Lord. I mean, wow. Okay, look. They didn't, he didn't want you as a coach, but the university took care yeah. of you, going to give you a nice cush job, and you do this to your university? Yeah, and the details haven't come out of how they discovered it, how they proved it. For them to come out and definitively say it, I had to imagine he fessed up to it. But there's word of they found – you know, janitors or somebody found pages of the playbook or something in the Louisville locker room. It almost sounds like he was leaving this where the other teams could find it. You know, I don't think they've proven yet. What I'd like to see now is the investigation go a step further. What were these other coaches and what would their culpability be if they were reaching out to this guy or if this guy was reaching out to them and they were accepting it? Do they have any culpability there? I mean, I think this is just the beginnings of this story. It's just it's an amazing read, and I, I hope they do a 30 for 30 on this. I think they've got to someday, right? I mean, this is absolutely incredible to me. Yeah, that's it's amazing, and this isn't, you know, this isn't some back corner Jerkwater University. Right. This is ACC football. Yeah, I mean, it's the smallest ACC school, but it's still yeah. major. It's still Wake Forest. I mean, millions anybody, of dollars in the line. Exactly. I mean, you can't say you you can pick anybody on the street anywhere and say you ever hear a Wake Forest? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Everyone may might not know where it's at, but everybody's yeah, heard of it. Exactly. Just just absolutely. And you know what it makes me think. You know, I've laughed at. We all laugh at we hear about the paranoia of these football coaches. And you know, a Bill Belichick, which was always ironic because of the kind of things he does. But, you know, I've heard stories of the San Diego Chargers practice outdoors at some big open field somewhere. And I've read somewhere that they go as far as they've got staff up in trees and up on platforms watching for people trying to sneak a look. You remember the famous thing before the 85 Super Bowl where they – Dick could close the practices so somebody was running that helicopter. Remember right. Jim McMahon mooned it. I mean, so you think you want to make fun of these coaches for being so paranoid. This sort of gives all of that credence that this kind of junk actually does happen. Well, I mean, it just stands to reason. It was back, I don't know how many years ago, but you notice now on TV, they talk. They've got that thing over their mouth. Yeah. Man, because people have lip readers mm-hmm. to see what they're saying. And... You know, paranoid, yeah, but, you know, you talk about, well, you know, it's kind of weird with the stuff that Belichick does. Well, you know, those are the kind of guys that are paranoid because, look, I'm doing it. I'm sure everybody else is, <laughs> uh, you know, know, they, and they're going to do it to me. Yeah, they always say, I've heard it said on both sides, you know, one political party says it about the other. If you want to know what they're up to, listen to what they're accusing you of, right? There you go. Yeah, I guess this is that situation. Just an amazing story, something I'm going to be keeping an eye on. Just, it, I got, will be, too, read, read now the story. you it Read the light. story. Yeah. It's just what we know now, which is very limited, is unbelievable that this could happen. Amazing. All right. 
right, Rick. Well, let's get some people into that fantasy championship game as we gear up, Rick, for the final inside slant of 2016 That's on right. Sunday. You're going to want to tune in for that. So I think we will make a commitment to our listeners, Rick, maybe next week. I don't, we don't really have the ability to take calls, but we'll be more inside slant-centric at least next week, I believe, for folks getting ready for the championship game since we will not be available for the inside slant. Being that it's Christmas Day or even that Saturday, Christmas Eve, just can't make that happen. Not going to happen. We don't have the platform for that anyhow. Nobody's going to be listening. Nah. So, but But we'll do a lot more of this next week's show so tune in for that if you get to your championship game but let's get to what we have here rick i just pulled out a few interesting ones that that we can go with uh early in the week i understand first one is a tight end question ladarius green or coming off that big game zach Ertz. oh man you know i think i'm gonna have to go Ertz. You think he can back that up? See, I was leaning green, but it was very, very close to me. He didn't have any track record of that before last week. And to my knowledge, they're not playing Washington again. And a matter of fact, I believe they're going to Baltimore, are they not? Right, but Zach Ertz still has 57 catches on the year. That's barely over four catches a game. And 10 of them he had last week. I think this is Ladarius Green. I really do. Assuming they don't have terrible weather in Cincinnati this weekend like they had in Buffalo last weekend. i tell you what. it's um, I'm pulling up the schedule here. I'm trying to see the uh, – who does Philadelphia have? I, I believe I – belie- I believe – I believe they're at Baltimore. I know they play Baltimore. I'm not certain on the at. All right. It's coming up here. You know, technology is great. Yeah, Philadelphia at Baltimore, um, Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Yeah, I guess going against Baltimore, I think I will – I'll go with you. I'll lean coming off Darius a, Green. Coming yeah. off a loss Not very home. good matchups either way. No, no, but coming off a loss at home, Wentz could be in big trouble. <laughs> He could be in big trouble this yes, week. Yes, he could. You're right. All right, so we'll go green there. It is it is whisper close, though. It whisker close. I don't know why I said whisper. That wouldn't make sense. Would it whisper close? I guess you got it. Nah. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, people that uh, never watched Bob Ross, you know. Who's Bob Ross? Oh, you know, the fuzzy-haired guy painted Happy oh, Trees. Oh, okay, yeah, you know, Happy Trees. That would make a Happy Trees. Whisper soft, you know. Did he say the, whisper? Oh, oh. yeah, with the, yeah. Exactly. All right, back on track. Here we go. (laughs) PPR, and we don't have Cletus here. He tries to rein us in. It doesn't work, but he tries. It's kind of nice when we go off on these tangents, plus you got some bearded dummy doing jumping jacks behind you. Yeah, Yeah, he doesn't like Calling and interpreting Which is weird. He takes it real seriously when he's here, but he only shows up once every seven weeks. But then when he shows up, he wants it to be a professional production. He wants to be a taskmaster. Yeah, yeah. he wants to be the, the leader. I, I don't get it. Uh, very strange. PPR, Rick. Tyreek Hill. It Steph- must be those interpretive dancers. They, they could must be. just take charge yeah, of stuff. You, you come in and you're running it. Right. But he's got that millennial thing going on where he's going to show up at his convenience. Right. right. Yeah. Makes all makes sense now. Okay. He could at least lift the beer on the porch like he promised. Yeah, uh, I know. Rick had one beer tonight. I don't know how he's going to get home. I know. <laughs> To be able to see straight, it's going to throw everything well, off. starting to shake already. <laughs> PPR, Tyreek Hill or Stephon Diggs? That's Hill, and it's Hill. not even close. Oh, no, every day of the week, Not man. even close. Quarterback question. This one's intriguing. I don't know how you have both these guys. 
or why you didn't trade one back at the deadline, but Derek Carr or Andrew Luck? Oh, Indianapolis at Minnesota, Oakland at San Diego. You give me Carr. Yeah, I'm worried about that that finger, but I wonder because it didn't affect him the rest of that game when it happened. So was that adrenaline? And then he goes in, and it's terrible last week, but it's about eight degrees in Kansas City. Was it the cold effect? I guess that's a question. I had that in the burning questions we didn't get to, Rick. Do you have concern about that pinky? Yeah, I mean, I have concerns, but, you know, you you have the quarterback. It, look, Derek Carr, this pinky's got to be getting better. They've got to be working on it, doing things to, you know, to – He's basically had a week and a half off coming off a Thursday right. night game. Derek Carr has more passing yards than Andrew Luck, um, and he has half the picks that Andrew Luck has. And Andrew Luck's going to Minnesota, right? Right. Yeah, I think you take the risk on Derek. There might be a handful of guys I'd play over Carr this week. It's unlikely that you'd have both, but there may be a handful because I do have concerns about that thing. But I got a lot more concerns about Andrew Luck going to Minnesota. I do too. All right, Rick, what do we got here? PPR, Thomas Rawls or? Ajayi. Oh, I, okay, well. I'd know. like to play them both. I want to know yeah, who your I'd, other running yeah, back is. Yeah, I'd like is. to play them both, but we have, let's analyze it here. Oh, uh, let me look. Oh, Mi- Miami at the Jets. All right, so normally a good run defense, but Carlos Hyde just put him over his knee and took the switch to them. Right, and then Seattle. Where's Seattle playing? I don't even They're see. They're playing tonight, my friend. Oh, that's at right. At home against L.A., so we got to answer this one quick. Oh. I'm, this is Ajayi, not even close Yeah, for it's got to be Ajayi. Not Simple even as close. That. Yeah. Simple as that. All right, quarterback question. Rick, tonight. I really wasn't, really wasn't mulling it. I was uh, my screen. I couldn't see the Thursday <laughs> game. I, I didn't believe you. I'm looking for Seattle, and then I saw it. Okay, Seattle? They're, they don't play this week. Yeah, they're you, not playing. They're fool, on a bye. You fool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another one we got to answer quick, Rick. Russell Wilson or your dog, Phil Rivers? Rivers. I think I go Rivers too. Just the history of Seattle against LA. They're at home. They're playing Oakland, and it's going to be good weather. Yeah. I, I why you know Rivers is going to wing it around. I mean, yeah, you just have to live with a couple of picks, and just hope his, he has a three three you know touchdown game. His That's floor all. is not near as low as is uh, Wilson, right? Wilson's ceiling may be higher because when Wilson gets it rolling, he puts up just cartoon-like numbers. But I worry about the floor for, for Russell Wilson, and we've seen the last. Now, it usually doesn't happen at home, but I don't think I want to mess with Russell Wilson if I can avoid it. I agree. All right, Rick, what do we have here? PPR need to get your pen ready, my friend. I got it. We've got Fat Rob. Okay. Demarius Thomas. Steve Smith. Alshon Jeffrey. You get two. In a PPR. In a PPR. Well, Demarius Thomas is obviously Obvious, yeah. there. i got to pull up my schedule again. Rob Kelly. is. I like Fat Rob. They're at home against Carolina. And who's the other one? Alshon. Oh. Steve Smith and Alshon. This is Demarius, and I'm trying to decide between Steve Smith and Alshon. That's exactly. Uh, I tell you what, I'm uh, going Steve Smith. I think After that a- tirade. I think he's going to get him the damn ball. Yeah, the U M effort. <laughs> I think that. I agree. I think that's going to happen. 
All right, we need three from this group. One, two, three. Three of these five. Spencer okay. Ware. Ware. LeGarrette Blunt. Blunt. Gabriel. Gabriel. Stefan Diggs. Diggs. Muscle Hamster. Martin. All right. Blunt is one. Yeah. Didn't save his PPR. No, he didn't, dummy. Oh, well, Let Blunt is still one. Yeah. I don't care. Even if they're playing Denver, I agree. And I'm going to put uh, Martin in. He's not blowing my skirt off. Tampa's playing, what, Dallas on Sunday night, at right? at Dallas. I think uh, this is Blunt, Martin, and Gabriel for me, assuming Julio is going to be out. Yeah, I mean, Spencer Ware has just been becoming so ordinary. And Charkandrick West is getting more and more of that work as right. a result and of it. Diggs, I mean, I just don't like Minnesota's offense. They have no run game to to counteract protection for Sam Bradford, and he doesn't light anybody up. And look, Indianapolis with, is bad against the pass, but there has been, with the emergence of Thielen, they're making a concerted effort right. to get Cordero Patterson involved. It's not like when we all got whipped into a frenzy, me included, and I think for good reason, at least briefly, when Stephon Diggs just went off two or three weeks in a row, one on national TV, because he was the only option. They were just feeding him the ball. And then Thielen emerges a little bit after Diggs gets nicked up. And for whatever reason, they really want the ball in Patterson's hands. That offense is not dynamic enough to feed all three of them, is what it comes down to for me. You know, I must be an idiot. Well, yes, yes. We can end it there. Next but question. But a real idiot, because, you know, this, this constant – concerted effort to make Cordell Patterson <laughs> a superstar slays me when he's just not doing what other guys around him are. He's They get enamored. He's got the measurables, Rick. He's got the combine numbers. He runs like a deer. He's shifty. He can't play football, but don't let that affect yeah, your judgment because right. look what he did in a jock strap right. at the combine. Look what he did in right. bikini briefs. That's what really matters, Rick. Yeah, that's what gets me. That's I, what and, that's what the league's you know, become about. The, I remember that article you brought up about, well, this guy had these measurables and – Something was drafted higher. Or oh, something it was there. Landry. It yeah, was Landry. Who he... were they comparing Landry to? I can't remember now. But yeah, and I just wanted to burn your shop down when we had right. the, when we had the studio up there. Just mad, but that's the way people think. And I think a lot of NFL execs and coaches seem to think that way as well. All right, where are we at? Another quarterback question. This is a good one. Eli or Dak Prescott? Well, yeah, okay, Dak Prescott at Tampa Bay. And Eli is at home as well. Against Detroit. Against Detroit. Well, I tell you what. Dak coming off of two rough games. One forgivable last week, a little less. This one's tough for me. I don't want to trust going, Eli. I don't, I don't want, want to trust Eli either, but. I'll take him over the rookie who's in a two-game slump, if you can call it that. I think it's safe. He's still the eighth scoring fantasy quarterback yeah. in the league. I mean, he's ahead of Stafford. He's ahead of Big Ben. He's ahead of Brady. Of course, he was suspended. But he's ahead of Jameis Winston, Rivers, Bortles, Newton. I mean, he's way ahead of Eli Manning. I, I, Eli Manning is 3,290 yards, 23 touchdowns, 13 picks. Yeah. It's Dak, isn't it? To me, this it is. is tough. I, but I it's think Dak. I'm going with him. I think I'm going Prescott. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go with you. It's tough. All right, we get two of these, Rick, in a standard. 
All right. For you know what? Skip this question because Le'Veon Bell's part of this. It no. should be. <laughs> Why are you even asking? Yeah. That's just crazy. Yeah, I, you know what? You don't get your question answered. You can zip yeah, it. Yeah, and we're not even going to answer it. No, he's, through the yeah, he's that's, finished. Yeah, that's you are finished. Ridiculous. All right, start one at a flex and a half point PPR. Okay, Jordan Matthews, Mike Wallace. This is a long list. Okay, how many are we starting? Just one. Wow, I don't know how he's holding all these guys. So Jordan Matthews, Mike Wallace, Kenny Britt, Jeremy Macklin, Allen Robinson. Okay, that's it. Yeah. Okay. Macklin, Britt, right? Macklin and A Rob's out totally. Yeah. I don't trust Wallace. He's a one trick pony. I mean, Jordan Matthews a, still isn't practicing. He'll play, right. but he's still not practicing. Yeah. I mean, you give me Kenny Britt. I think he's at a thousand yards. I think he's the best wide receiver, anyhow, but then circumstances dictate he's right. definitely the answer on this one as well. All right. We need two here in a PPR. Another long list, oh, Rick. Oh, man. Brandon Keep Cooks. having to write. I know. You're going to get cramps over there. I know. Brandon Cooks. Cooks. Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas. Dante Moncrief. Jeez. Oh, Tyrell Williams. That's my boy. Tyreek Hill. Alshon Jeffrey. Apparently this is a 16 league. How many do we need? You only get two. All right. Yeah, I'm going Williams and Hill. And it's not even that close. Yeah, I think – yeah, I agree. I, I want agree. no top part of the Saints right now. I may get burned. One of them's going to go off, but good luck maybe. picking which one. Or will they? Well, yeah, if Drew Brees. 250 yards and three picks later, you yeah. may be sitting there going, what's going on again? Yeah, if Brees craps the bed again, you're right. Yeah, I'm with you. It's You're right, and it's and not Moncrief, all that close. And I don't like goose eggs. No. I, I don't, and they're playing Minnesota, so I don't see a huge game yeah. from him. So, to me, I don't think it's close. I yeah. think it's Williams and Hill. Jeffrey's the only one that makes me take pause. Yeah, you think about him, but I need, I'll, I need to see it once. I'll right. take him in my Super Bowl if I can get by without him this week. QB question, Rick, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston. Hmm, now, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah we got Jameis at, on the road at uh, Kansas City. Oh, oh, no, Marcus yeah. Mariota's at Mariota's Kansas City. Mariota's at Kansas City. Jameis is at da- – I'll take Jameis. I don't want to go into Arrowhead. I think as much I'm, as I like Mariota, I don't want to mess with Arrowhead. Yeah, now Mariota, though, is what? He is a top two, four. He's number six in fantasy scoring. Oh, man. I, these questions, man. <laughs> how how did he, Yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going Jameis Winston. Play the matchup. I don't like either one of them, and I, and I can see this guy's plight, but um, I think I'm going Jameis Winston. Yeah, I think we have to. All right, Rick. Well, I have uh, – I've let us run out of time here. Oh, there so, you go. So we need to – See, Cletus again. Yeah. Should have been here. Yeah, I, I can't do math. So, hey, thanks so much for joining us this week. Thank you for the Arena Sports Network for having us once again. Check, it, check out the show 8 o'clock Eastern every Thursday night on the Arena Sports Network, arenasportsnet.com. You can also find the show Asylum, asylumfantasysports.com, at asylumfootball on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. If you want to get into the mailbag for the inside slant, the last – Inside Slant of this fantasy season, 10 o'clock Eastern, Blog Talk Radio, and AsylumFantasySports.com. There won't be another one until September of 2017. So don't be left out. Check that out, 10 o'clock Eastern. We'll be back next week on the Arena Sports Network, 8 o'clock Eastern. Good luck this week. Hope to talk to you before your championship game next week. Until then, we'll see you. Take care.